Welcome back to The Bigger Picture. I'm your host, Dakari. I have BN Original here with me right now. Say what's up. What's up, people? Today's discussion, big topic, big topic. We'll be discussing colorism. What is colorism and where does it come from and who does it affect? Does it predominantly affect men or women? And is it fair to say that colorism has an impact on people economically? And what are some ways that we can help prevent this type of separatism? Colorism is a form of bias that is based primarily upon skin tone and hair type. It's an internalized racism within the black community and other communities of color. All communities of color are victims of colorism, but today we will be focusing on the black community for the sake of our American history and the current and seemingly endless climate of racism. Now imagine, you're a 12-year-old biracial child, and you're sitting outside with your paternal grandmother whose skin is beautiful and it's a deep cocoa brown, so rich and smooth like chocolate. As you both sit there, a caramel-complected woman steps outside and starts beating her yellow lab puppy. You rush across the street to defend the puppy and the dog, and the owner yells, mind your own effing business, you high yellow half-breed. Shocked, hurt, and confused, you walk back across the street, hoping to be consoled by your grandmother, just for her to say that she didn't hear anything. Now, this is the same grandmother that told you it's okay for the racist to date, but not to make children. And she actually said this to your face. Colorism, yes. Internalized racism, yes. God bless her. God bless her. She was my first experience with colorism. And wow. it was, yeah, it was, it was deep. It hurt me. It hurt me deeply. You know, this wasn't just a stranger. Now, I just went through what the definition of colorism is. In your words, what is it? I, I mean, you know, like as far as your experiences. Well, I think it's the worst form of self-loathing. Mm. It comes from a real bad place. And the people that treat people differently because of their complexion or race-related qualities, you have to be a special kind of miserable. Mm -hmm. And you have to hate yourself to a point that makes you defensive. But I mean, whose fault is it really? It's a learned behavior, a learned way of thinking. It originates here in America through slavery. Absolutely. Not even just on a human level, but even when you look up the definition of black in the dictionary, black is associated with some of the most negative things. Right. So you would have to say that it actually dates back probably before slavery. I mean, it's just been almost, I don't want to say solidified, but you know what I mean? As far as our culture is concerned, it's been even driven more home. Right. I agree with that. I remember when I was a kid that there was preferences. Some people, there, you know, you have two different sides of colorism. And you made a valid point earlier that, you know, there's no such thing as reverse colorism. It's colorism on both sides. Right, when we were discussing it earlier. It's, it's colorism all the way around, no matter which end of the spectrum you're coming at it from. Just like racism. There's no reverse racism. If, you know, you're white and you don't like black people, or if you're black people, you don't like white people. It's racism. Right, Period. across the board. 
you know, as a kid, I, I've seen it firsthand where when it came to women, there's some favoritism towards women of a lighter complexion. complexion. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, we see on the television, like we'll see in magazines or in videos, etc. Right. You know, or people that would actually use a Photoshop to try to brighten, brighten the picture. Right. You have the other side of it where, especially, of course, you know, when it came to guys, if you were of light complexion, you carried yourself in a manner that reflected that you thought you were better because you were lighter. You knew better than to bring that outside of your house. Right. Nobody was going to tolerate that kind of attitude. Right. There was some animosity towards that. Well, it's unfortunate because it causes people to be silent and inhibited. Right. I know the experience that I had with my grandmother. I felt very inhibited from there on after. I mean, it was one thing to deal with it on a peer level with kids your own age growing up, but to deal with it on a level where I had an adult say this to me and then have no response from a relative that hurt, that was there. It made me feel inhibited, like like those memes I've seen, you know, we're light-skinned, what do you know about black power? You know, where it's like this separatism still. And it makes you feel like you can't stand and unite. Right. You know, and, and it's just a form of racism, like we said. It's just a form of creating more and more separatism. Well, I believe that when oppressed people treat each other like that, I think, you know, you're only helping the oppressor. Agreed. Because the oppressor doesn't care whether you're light skin or dark skin. If you're black, you're black. If you know, if he feels that you're a nigger, then you're a nigger no matter what color you are. Like the Jay Z song. Absolutely. Oh right, right. I lo oh love that song. Oh my goodness, it hit me. So everybody, I know it hit in so many different ways on so many different levels. He just and he helped to unite people. You know, black people in that way. It was brilliant. Right. It was brilliant. Like you were saying, though, Carrie Ann, I'm sorry right, I interrupted with, you. <laughs> no, that's no problem. Well, I mean, within the culture, how can we, like you said, how can we come together when we're constantly finding reasons to stay divided? When you see team light skin and team dark skin, they may or may not realize they are practicing self-hate. Absolutely. In the overall picture, as far as black struggle goes, over the last few years alone, whether you were light or dark, police are killing all of us. Yeah. It doesn't make me any safer. No, it doesn't. Sandra Bland was light brown, kind of brown complexion. Right. It didn't save her life. It didn't stop the cop from pulling her over and harassing her. You could tell by the way the Republicans treated Obama, the one drop rule is still in effect. Sure on is. many levels. It sure is. You know, I mean, I can't believe it. They would actually use a brown paper bag. Right. The paper bag test. Yeah. Yes. Like that just, it just seems asinine to me. I mean, you know, we're trying to be, of course, you know, bigger minded. I don't know. It's so foreign, but yet it's not because of my experiences. So I just want to know when we're going to get past this. It's like this has been the climate for far too long. Well, we have to start taking stands against it. You know, that's one of my bigger issues with the so-called woke people, because there's a difference between being woke and conscious. Right. You know, if you, you can't be conscious and asleep. Agree. <laughs> that wouldn't make any time, sense. At the same time, right. Yeah. You got, so if you're conscious of what's going on around you, you don't have to say that you're woke. Right. Well, and, and explain to the, to the people that are listening right now what woke means, because there are, I think, older people from the older generation that don't quite understand what woke me. You summed it up okay. greatly yesterday. The people that promote themselves as woke, you read a book right. or you saw a movie right. that inspired you to do what you should already and have been doing, doing. Mm -hmm. studying your history. Right. Right. They presume that everybody else was sleeping because they were sleeping. Exactly. <laughs> it's 
very presumptuous. And it's so, it's so annoying. <laughs> I find it completely annoying. It's presumptuous, but you know, we can be compassionate and we can try to be kind, right? Sometimes. And maybe like, as <laughs> instead of, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, you know what I do. Instead of being irritated with it, like, like they're a child. They're like freaking chihuahuas, man. You could easily say, well, <laughs> welcome, welcome. And I'm not saying that in an egotistical way. You could just say welcome and have a, a very heart-to-heart -heart type conversation with somebody concerning the different matters as far as being awake on certain certain things, well, you know what I mean? Now that the perception has grown. My biggest problem with that is with their approach, the assumption that they're the only ones that are woke. Right, well, it's, it's kind of, it's it, well, it is, I guess, to an extent, like a child that gets very excited once they learn something and they have to run around and tell everybody that they know. And, but, you know, it, it's not a bad, it, but here's the thing, most, it's not a bad thing. It's not a time. bad thing to be aware. Right. Or to be knowledgeable. Right. It's definitely not a bad thing. My problem is that they tend to push a narrative that, well, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter because things have always been a way. And to me, that's condoning acceptance. Okay. You know, if you choose not to take a stand. On colorism, let's on say. On colorism, for instance, that is well within your right to do so. But shut up and let everybody else speak. Okay. Don't silence everybody else about a problem that affects more than you. Maybe you're okay with being labeled or judged by the complexion you of your, your skin. skin. Well, because I know I've had plenty of people judge me based off that. They think that my life is easier. It may be, maybe in certain ways that I'm unaware of it is, you know, but and I think that in other ways there's, there's other challenges and there's no separation. There's, it's still, it's like a separation that well, happens. I think a portion of it in your case is the whole pretty girl syndrome is more, they, they might hide it underneath colorism. Maybe, maybe. But it's, it's just contempt for the way that you look right. and the way that people respond to you. But just because somebody's a pretty face or what their complexion is doesn't take away their struggle. No, it doesn't just take away because, their struggle. Just because somebody's attractive doesn't mean that they don't struggle. No, Lord no. knows, I struggle. Lord knows, I'm going through a no. lot right now. And I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. You know, D.L. Hughley gave this analogy. Mm-hmm about the whole pretty girl syndrome. He's like, if you see a pretty girl outside crying, you're like, what's wrong? You know? <laughs> oh, no. How, how can I help so you? Bad. But if you see a, if you see a woman <laughs> that you don't find attractive outside crying, you're like, hey, you, get away from my car. <laughs> <laughs> He's a mess. No, but I, I love him. I love him. But I shout out to DL Hughley. Shout out to him. We got to get him on the podcast. <laughs> the problem I have with the woke ones is that they think that go ahead. It's like the guy that discovers the world is round. Right. He goes out of his way to make sure that everybody, make sure everybody knows. knows it when he doesn't realize that everybody really already knows. Okay. But you just discovered this yesterday. Right. You know, nobody's here to pat you on your back because you read a book today. We have to be careful that we don't silence people who speak up for us. Right. Simply because you lack the courage to do so. And, you know, silence is a form of condonement. All it takes for evil to thrive is for good men to do nothing. To give an example, if someone were to try to silence me having a podcast on colorism because what would I know because I'm light-skinned? And it's like, well, no. Right. You know I, what I mean? No, if you're not going to do what needs to be done to step up and speak on it, then don't say anything about me speaking on it. I'm just trying to give an example no, that's and put in relation. That's a perfect yeah. example because if my narrative to silence you is that you shouldn't be speaking, right? then I would think that I should be speaking on the issue at hand 
and not concerned about what you're doing. I'm gonna just put this out there. If it hits people, oh. it fits, but- Oh goodness. You know, <laughs> keep your eye on your own plate. We encourage people's opinions and feedback, et cetera, and suggestions. However, do so in a very constructive right. way. Right. Have it be relational. Share an experience. I would love to share people's experiences, not just on colorism with anything that we talk about. You know, try not to be so subjective when you hear certain things that may touch home or maybe a sensitive topic. Really try to be objective. Right. That's all we're saying right, right. now. Yeah, be positive and contribute something to the cause. That's right. Or be silent so that the people who are speaking towards the cause can be heard. Don't hinder. Mm -hmm. Because it affects everybody. Right. As far as colorism concerns, it affects everyone. It affects white people too. It affects how black people view white people and that internalized racism. There's no disconnect. When you have, let's say, white people that look in on black people and they see that we're separating ourselves based on hues, we look ridiculous. Right. That's real talk, I'm saying. We look ridiculous. Do your best to hear with your heart. Now, would you say it affects men or women predominantly? I mean, I'm sure it affects both, but who do you think it goes? I can only speak from my own experiences. From my perception, I think that it affects both. Right. You know, there are stereotypes within colorism. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what not, stereotypes you talking about? Well, I'm just saying, well, for one, it's presumed people say the angry black woman. Right. That's a stereotype in regards to a darker skinned black darker woman. Darker skinned black woman. Or that light skinned black women are stuck up or, and we're bougie. Or saying, you know, or less culturally aware. Right. With men, it's the same thing. By the way, for those that don't know what bougie means, it's like saying basically that you're too good for or you're stuck up. Because again, we might have people that don't know what bougie. Let me just break it down right quick. Go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, if you're light skinned, mm -hmm. you're soft, you're sensitive. Right. That narrative is still being pushed. I oh, mean, for light skinned men? Yeah. My brother's light skinned. If he is not soft. If you Go listen ahead. to, I mean, you can listen, <laughs> if you listen to The Breakfast Club, You'll hear Charlemagne make reference to DJ Envy's complexion. Oh, uh, I know. You know, these sensitive, light-skinned... Now, you know, I must say, we've had comedians talk about race and made it funny. So sometimes I think when, when we do pick on each other a little bit and we do it in a humorous way, as long as it's within good fun and it's accepted on both ends and it's, you know, you're in a safe space, right. then that's different. You know what I mean? But if that's truly your belief, then you need to kind of check yourself. Well, I'm I talking mean, about stereotypes. You need to check yourself. Well, there's things within each segment of right. any population right. that are you know, society-based. Right. If you want to have the narrative that light-skinned guys are soft or dark-skinned guys are more savage and more prone to violence, it's one of those kind of things, I guess, with comedy where it's okay for us to laugh at ourselves. Right, absolutely. That's you what know, I mean. But even when we make those references, we already know that... It's it, not true. It's not true. Right. And we don't give it any more credence. Outside of comedy, right. it's not a funny thing. It's done from a point of you know self-loathing. There are people within our community, they don't really hate you. They hate because you have qualities that they don't possess. And they're victims too though, because right. they have been told for years that they're not as attractive, that they're not as worthy. Right. You know, my grandmother, from the story I told earlier, prime example, I mean, it was hurtful to me. But again, I mean, what did she go through? I mean, I can look at it that way now as an adult, but how sad was it for her to have to feel that way and to be non-reactive or to be a little bitter? 
It's long, it's painful. I'm just glad we're able to sit here and have this discussion about it. It's sad that you have that in your family. You know, and I've seen, yes. I've experienced it in my, in my family. There are cousins and certain relatives that are treated differently. Right. Pending their complexion and pending who's judging. Right. She thinks she's better than us because she's lighter. My mother used to always say to us, don't worry, the white people would tell them who they are. And you know, I think and that that's, that's sad. It, it, it's very sad. And for me, as I hear you tell the story, I think of the opposite for me. All I wanted to do was be darker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. I wanted to be darker so badly. And even I was like, just let me be caramel. I, you know, I, I can't be real dark because I'm just not, you know what I mean? Maybe if I go tanning enough. And I remember one summer, Oh, a long, long time ago, I went to that tanning salon and sat out in the sun day after day after day. And I remember I had a friend that saw me that said they couldn't even tell that it was me from across the room. Wow. They were like, oh my, Dakari, I didn't even know that was you because I had damaged my skin. You know what I mean? Pretty much is what I was doing to it by being in the sun and going to the tanning booth. It's the worst thing you can do, right. you know? And But you know, I was young and I really just wanted to be, you know, browner. And I didn't realize that I was actually, I'm endangering my life just because I want to be accepted when I needed to just accept myself. Right. And that's what people need to do. They need to be able to just accept themselves right. for who they are or what they look like. And there's beauty in every shade. I think self-acceptance would be the remedy for the self-loathing that promotes colorism. You know, Agreed. as a journalist, I've seen a lot of malicious posts from across the spectrum. It doesn't help your argument. I'm of dark complexion. Right. It doesn't help our narrative, our argument, by showing contempt from people that are lighter than us. Right. Like saying Jesse Williams should not speak on black issues because he's he's mixed, or Colin Kaepernick to say that they can't speak on black issues because they're mixed, they're light complexion, but they identify as black. Right. And these are people who are famous and they're using their platform to speak to help on them. something, on matters yes. that reflect all of it. So why silence that? I've seen recently that they attacked Jesse Williams because they realized that I think that whoever he's dating or married to is white. Right. Right. Well, what does it matter? What does it matter? Does that make him saying that we shouldn't be treated differently because we're black any less valid? Absolutely not. We have to start focusing on the problem at hand and we should have a unified front. How can we look for people to respect us when we're not respecting ourselves? ourselves. Colorism is a form of racism. So how is it a person can look for justice in our system against racism, but shoot down people that are speaking up for it. I don't even care if you're white. Right. Who cares? Right. We want justice, whatever it takes. We lose sight of the narrative when we do that. We sure do. It's just a, it's a distraction and it's put there on purpose to control, divide and conquer. I would love to see black people get paid the same amount as white people at this point. I mean, or even have it be even men and women, you know what I mean? But right. for it to be equal because it's out there. It said even in Hollywood that darker skinned black people that are actors that are in films, they are not getting paid the same amount as their lighter skinned counterparts. Wow. I've, I've read it, I, I did the research. 
Uh, I'm not challenging you. <laughs> I read it. I just I, <laughs> immediately I just thought thought of Idris and Denzel Washington and so forth. And I mean Denzel maybe not because he's been in the game for a very very long time. I mean he's got awards and such. So not Denzel. Denzel, we're not talking about you. you. Got an Academy Award. <laughs> as far as the other actors, for the most part. They're not getting paid. Darker skin actors are not getting paid the same amount as lighter skin. They don't even, they're not even accrued on the, in movies as often. And if you think about it, if you look at a lot of the all black casts, now the hues are starting to become more brown and rich. Right. But for a long time, it was the lighter skin actors that were getting the roles. And that is, that's colorism. That's because of our tolerance for those kind of things. For the for the masses, for the people that are paying. Right. And there are more white people, they're the majority within our country that are going out to pay to see these movies. So they want to see people that are of closer, you know, shades, I guess, or lighter shades and closer to white. White people are the majority. Right. However, we're the biggest consumers. Yes. So are we demanding lighter skin because of what we're talking about? No, I'm just saying that to the people. Like, well, so are we demanding lighter skin? That's something well, it wasn't, people need no, to think about. Well, it was, originally, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that in the beginning. I mean, you have guys like Cindy Poitier. Oh, there was a lot of... He was, he was so handsome. A lot of the actors of that era tended to be dark. Right. We even had our own genre. If only we had had our own writers right. and directors... They, well, actually, they have the perfect name for that genre, black exploitation films. Yes, yes. But, but you have people like Lena Horne. Right. Who is, you know. See, that's the thing. They didn't want to promote lighter shades of black, especially when it came to men back then. Right. No, because she, she was then, considered like, quote, unquote, white passing. Right. Is what she was. Right. Because then black people, black men wouldn't want to go to the movie. Right. And see those movies. Right. Side of Jim Kelly, the you know the black martial artist with the big afro yeah. into the dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> outside of, of Jim Kelly, you know, you you might have Jim Kelly. You had um, Harry Belafonte. Okay, there you go. Right. You might have Harry Belafonte, and there's some others. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, most of those films featured dark men because they definitely weren't promoting interracial relationships. You know, they either went really dark or they went white. Right. You know, but um, these days. I think that we are a lot more vocal, especially from a historical standpoint. Right. Like the movie Detroit had a, a black cast. The men that were in the film tended to be of dark complexion. So there is, you know, there's balance. Um, Boys in the Hood. There's a Boys lot in the of, hood. yeah. You know, Menace to Society. Menace to Society. A lot of there's a, you know, there there are movies that. Had, you know, I have a lower level colorism. Right. You know, right. I, I think in 2000, but our tolerance like 90s. for the, right. Like, yeah, you think in 90s. Right. That was I, the best era. Yeah. By the way, shout out to the 90s. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that was the best era for everything. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, these young boys don't know. These young kids don't know. And they know. don't. They, they don't just know. don't. They don't. <laughs> They're trying to, it's like we have another surge of all that energy coming up and it's amazing. I'm so happy that it's here again. But, There's nothing wrong with being black and proud, but just in the interim, don't make other people feel as though if they're not as dark, that they shouldn't be proud too. 
That's I'm just saying from my own personal perspective. You know, right, right. <laughs> you know, like my past experience where I've been at the table one time. There was a female there. She was like your complexion. Mm-hmm. We were talking about you know the black struggle. I made a mistake with saying to her like, "What do you know about that?" Oh boy. Oh man, it was. Oh boy. It was a conversation that you changed my have. entire view you needed to have. from that point going forward because when she started sharing her knowledge and the things that she had learned over the years and her, the research she had done, right? she finished with a hell of an exclamation point. <laughs> she was like, after she finished, she was like, on many levels, I'm blacker than you. You know? Silenced you, huh? Yeah, it silenced me. I mean, it, I, you know, I found her uberly attractive after that. She was like, <laughs> I was like, shit. I would be nice to her from now on. But she was right. You know, in that moment, I realized that just me making that statement, however jokingly, right. was very ignorant. Right. It taught me a lesson about judging people based on their complexion or skin. Right. Races, white people don't see the difference between me and you or me and her. Right. Even recently at the rally, you know, they didn't have a little a little zone saying, hey, you know, a little a mutual zone that said, hey, if you're light skinned, you could stand over here. We're right. not talking about you. Right. You know, nope. we're going to take all our country. We want our country back. But hey, you know what? If you pass the paper bag test, you can stay. There was none of that. Right. You know, these people are the nationalists, white nationalists. They And we and by the way, when we say nationalists, we know that they are real truly nationalists. They're the not way. patriotic. Yes, they're not patriotic, they're not nationalists. We are calling them as such because that is what they were referred to in the, the media. media. Right. These races, let's just call it that. That's what it is. These races you didn't see any separation between them. Oh, There's, well, I have brown hair and you have blonde hair. Right. And you have black hair and you have red hair. Right. And we're all going to be separate. I'm from Ireland. Right. And you're from Scotland. So, listen, we're going to have the Scottish march here. You know, Irish people here. Okay. And what they didn't better, separate. It would have been better if you said Irish and Italian. Because Ireland and well, Scotland, Ireland and Scotland are like right next to each other in the culture and the well, people look so much alike. I'm just, I just want to be, I know, okay, yeah. I'm splitting hairs, I'm messing with you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I'm I, totally teasing I, you I, right I, now. I was about to say, I was about to say, I don't, I don't think there was a whole lot of Italians walking with the white supremacists. I don't think that they would really fit no. into that. No, they're the, not. Their, their they're narrative not. I is... I know, I was just, I was, I'm just teasing you though. I'm just teasing you. You know, we were talking about colorism. Right. That might be the only colorism that they share. But it's, it's you know what I think is ironic if you want to talk about racist, then I mean the, the Irish. I mean, look at what they've had to go through in history too right. here in the United States. I mean, they were given absolutely no respect. You, you know, know, it's like, unless you were from, like, England. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, seriously. Well, they, you know, pretty much a lot of ethnic groups mm-hmm. experience their own form. Because I think that's the narrative that you hear when they used to speak about the Italians. Because oh, like that, the Sicilians and such? Right. You know, the dark Italians right. pretty much, yeah. Right. Like, you, you know, didn't want to be from Sicily. Like, it was like, yeah, it was something separate. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's just ridiculous. I can't... Again, it's like a self-loathing. It makes a person maybe feel better to be able to put somebody else down. Right. It's uh, an insecurity. It all comes from fear, right? right. I mean, there's two major emotions in the world and fear is one of them. Right. So all this, you know, ugliness, that's where it's coming from. That's its basis. I have dated so many different races across the spectrum. So many different shades, you know? People are people. Right. Seriously. <laughs> 
It's really unfortunate that we let that divide us within our own community, knowing that we need, we need the unity more than, because everybody else has their own representation. Right. Well, that's the reason why we're supposed to be so beautiful here in America is because we have so many different hues and so many different cultures and, you know, we're so diverse. We tend to be the ones with the most ugliness. I guess it's all part of the balancing act, you know, it's just, it comes at a cost. You know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm of course, I'm being objective right now. Right. I'm not agreeing with no, it. I, no, I got you know, it. But, you know, it comes at a cost. I still believe that this country is the greatest country to live oh, in. Oh, definitely. I'm a decorated you know? veteran. I believe in the flag. I believe in the principles of Behind that the country the that it was built on. Was yeah. built on. I just feel like we should hold we should hold each other accountable. You recently talked to Vivian Green. I did. I had the pleasure of talking to her and what, I mean, she's an amazing person. So grounded, uh, so articulate. And uh, I had a chance to ask her about colorism and what her experiences were concerning the matter. And, and this is what she said. I don't believe I've experienced it in the industry, but it is something that I can definitely speak on. Um, I, I love the way that my parents raised me because they did not raise me with the colorism mentality. So I always feel like that I'm on like I'm over here, one of these kids doing doing stone thing because most people are really affected by it because these are just things that are passed down, you know, from generations mm -hmm. in slavery and it's just still here. But um, my parents were very, very adamant about, and, and my, my siblings and I were all different complexions, honestly, different complexions and different hair textures. And we have the same parents, so they made mm -hmm. a point not to ever. Um, make any of us think that one was better than the other based on our skin color. They always told us that we were beautiful. Mm -hmm. Each and every last one mm -hmm. of us, they always told us that black was beautiful, brown was beautiful, um, Corsair was beautiful. Um, they always taught us that. They never taught us to think that um, one, because I'm, I'm probably the lightest of all of my siblings. My parents have never, mm -hmm. ever made me feel like I was a light-skinned special child. Ever. Like, ever. And so, I have that same mentality. My son is very light. I don't even think I'm light. But he's very, very, very light. And he mm -hmm. doesn't know anything about light skin or it being something supposedly better or he knows nothing about it. And it's just proof to me that, you know, people... People... Um, react to the things that they are taught, you know, and, and their behavior Absolutely. is definitely based on what they're taught is what, what's fed to them. Um, and it, it's really sad. I, it's something that I, I, I'm really, really passionate about and I feel very, very strongly about. It's really sad that it's just something as simple as, you know, things that your parents or your grandparents told you and those things just stick with you throughout your life, whatever they are, you know, whatever they are. Agreed. Um, Agreed. Yeah, and and my again, my my son never been told that. Oh, are you not you light skin? You you you're cute because you're lighter. Like this never happened. So he has like no idea <laughs> of that mm. mentality at all. And I think that that's, that's how we stop it. We all have to be aware of these cycles, and we have to make a decision to break them and start raising our kids differently. You know, my grandmother, uh, my father's mother, used to tell me don't you sit outside on the step for too long because you'll get black. And my mother would always come right behind her like, don't tell her 
that. Don't tell her that, right? Don't feed her that. Getting tan or brown in the summer. Don't don't put that into my childhood. So I think we have to speak out against it, even even to our own family members who may not mean anything by it, but they're just doing what was done to them or saying what was said to them when they were younger. But we have to call each other out on it, you know, because if we don't, it's just going to continue, and that's just it. It's just going to continue. And I'm just really proud of my parents for stopping it with their kids, and you know, as far as their bloodlines go. So, yes. Wow, that was amazing. Yes, and she was, and she's a very passionate person. I mean, and that's what she said to me. She, when I asked her the question, and she, you know, she gave me a very thorough explanation as to what she thought it was and her experiences with it. And she said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just so passionate about this. And it's like, don't be sorry. More people need to be passionate about it, need to not be so accepting of it. I know that we're running out of time, but real quick, have you noticed that most of the NFL players, okay, most of these sellout-ass players, to speak on Colin Kaepernick, they're a dark complexion? Really? Oh, I don't think that that's a coincidence. It, it just seems funny to me. I just, you know, I don't think that's a coincidence. Just take a minute, go to YouTube, and look at who is, look at the people that are speaking out against Colin Kaepernick that play in the NFL, the actual players. Yeah, because they're doing the, the blackout right now. Right. Well, now you have the I one. say they're doing it, but there's a, a large group of people that are actually doing the blackout NFL and not participating as far as watching any of the games, not going to be purchasing any of the NFL um Items, apparels, yeah, and such, you know, um, just not going to be supporting the NFL at all because Colin Kaepernick is not able to play still because of his silent demonstration. I believe that for some of these NFL players that are speaking against Kaepernick, I think that that is definitive colorism. I think that they're oh, masking they're their contempt. they're hand-selected people. Right. I'm, I, I think that these particular players, Michael Vick and others, right. they're masking their contempt for him because he is taking on black issues and he is of a was, lighter uh, complexion. Don't tell me that Vic was one of the people that spoke out against him. Yeah, he spoke out of him exactly. talking about and he needs to cut his afro. And why, let me tell you something. He needs to cut his afro. I must say this. <laughs> why is he still allowed to participate at all, but Colin Kaepernick is the one that's not allowed to play anymore well, you, because you know, of his silent demonstration. But it's okay to abuse animals, right? Well, it's okay to well and beat your wife and drink and drive. White football players to use the word nigger in public. It's okay. It's okay, but you can't stand have a, up. I can't, can't stand up and have a silent demonstration, a very peaceful demonstration of just taking a knee during the flag. I don't know, I'm not understanding. And I'm sure it's not because he doesn't agree with the foundation of what the flag means. Right. It's because of all the injustice that the United States government is backing. And now we're not saying this, now to all the people, really quickly, I know we're trying to wrap this up. We're not saying that racism is a new thing. We're not saying that, that our current administration is brand new. We're not saying that, you know, the last eight years with our former president, you know, that that was something uh, extremely different as far as uh, what was going on behind the scenes. We are well aware of the fact that they are told what to do, pretty much. We are well aware of that. But we are just trying to speak right now on what is happening and how the catalytic events are affecting us as a nation. You know, it doesn't matter what complexion Kaepernick is. No. 
we should be proud and we should be supportive of what he's doing. Right. He took a stand against a brutal form of racism. Yes. Against yes. people of color. Right. And that were, you know, that are being murdered. And it's just sad that and it, abused. It's I just, mean, it's just sad that whether you're talking about the NFL's players speaking out against him, but if you look for those Negro, the Negroes. And I'm not saying black people. I know what I know what I mean when I say okay, this. Okay, see now you see see break that, Negroes, down, break that down. What's the difference? Well, the Negroes are the ones that still have the mindset that was prevalent before the civil rights movement. Okay. You know, like uh, Harriet Tubman, she spoke about Negroes when she said that she would have been able to free more slaves if they knew they were slaves. Right. So. Right. You know, that's a Negro mindset. I got you. I just want to me, make sure. You know, they're not proud of being black. They're a conformist. You know, when and it's you, fear. It's fear. When you look at Ben Carson, Kane, the guy that owns Papa John Pizza. Okay. You know, doing their best step and fetch routine to promote and say, hey, you know what? Trump is not. Look, at, I'm black. Trump doesn't treat me any different they're not there for the people they're there for themselves right they're not there to see the bigger picture right right that was great that was great i like how you did that (laughs) you know you could be black and you could be successful but still have some integrity about yourself absolutely you gotta have some integrity about your shit people now you know we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up any solutions really really quickly regardless of your complexion regardless of your race just love yourself take time out every day and love yourself and love yourself and be more accepting of yourself when you love yourself you don't have time to be concerned about what other people are doing right when you love yourself you know you can clap right for other people you can clap for other people you can applaud other people take time out to give yourself an integrity check Make sure that you're moving the way that you're supposed to be moving. I mean, because even in the middle of the night, you know when you're wrong. Right. When you look that, there may be some people that don't know that they're wrong, that they are truly just—they don't—they're not woke. (laughs) They're not conscious. Well, I mean, if you look at another person, if you look at another human being, regardless of your race, color, creed, Mm -hmm. if you look at another human being and you feel and you have a, a hatefulness, right or negative feelings towards somebody that you don't even know. You are wrong. Agreed. And you need to ask yourself, why? Why? And fix yourself. Why am I so mad? Right, why 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 are you so angry? Why why do I hate myself so much? That I'm going to not only fill myself with hate, but waste my own time by hating. So love yourself. This whole take back your country thing, right? Last time I checked, historically speaking, it wasn't ours to begin we, with. We, we didn't ask to come to this. Mo- <laughs> we didn't volunteer to come to this. Right. Now right. we're here. Now you just got to deal with it. You so, know? so basically, we are to love ourselves. Right. Practice self love. And, and and practice objectivity too. Meaning, don't always maybe be so defensive. Right. Or put yourself in the next person's next shoes. Next person's shoes. Ask yourself when you go to when you go to interact with a person. Ask yourself if you were on the opposite side of the situation, how would you feel? Exactly. And do what's right by that particular judgment. Agreed. So we went over colorism. We had Vivian Green come that was through. So dope. Yes, yes. That was yeah, so dope. That was such a blessing to talk to her. But we had a chance to get her perspective on it. Again, if anybody has any comments, questions, suggestions, please, please contact us. You can DM me. I, I can be found at Designs by Dakari on Instagram or Designs by Dakari on Facebook. Preferably Instagram, no. I, I tend to check that a little more often, just to be real. 
I also do astrology readings. I didn't do an astro weather reading today just because we ran out of time. My apologies. Um, I really wanted to be consistent with that. If you are interested in having an astrology reading, I do private readings. I can be reached at 845-896-1915. I do solar return charts, natal charts, and I also do uh, companion charts. So again, it's 845-896-1915. Ben, how can they get in contact with you, love? I'm being original on Twitter, Instagram, Ben the Original on a Snapchat, Urban Magazine. Yes, you, you Urban can... Magazine. And you can also find the interview that I did with Vivian Green. It'll be in the next edition. Right of Urban Magazine. So we're going to sign off next week. Please come back next Wednesday. We will be discussing dun, 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 discipline. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad. To be or not to be We'll be dis- your kids. Yes, we'll be discussing <laughs> um, spanking. And is it child abuse or is it discipline? Again, if you have any suggestions, comments, theories, etc., iTunes. Oh, oh, yes. And you can find us on iTunes. I, we're not just on SoundCloud anymore. I keep forgetting that. Right? Oh, top. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can find us on iTunes. So super excited about that. So again, we're going to be signing off. Look forward to talking to you soon. Peace. Peace.